welcome to the Bad Book Reviews podcast, a discussion on bad reviews of books loathed with the authors who wrote them. I'm your host, Alexis DeWeese. This is not a chance for writers to exert revenge against cruel reviewers, but instead a place to discuss how we talk about books we don't enjoy, dish about the books we actually love, laugh a little about the oddities of the internet, and find a grain of truth in some rough critique. Bethany Turner is a contemporary Christian fiction author whose wit and relatable protagonists will have you laughing out loud, like I did on a very quiet flight to Dallas. Her debut novel, The Secret Life of Sarah Hollenbeck, received a star review from Publishers Weekly and has since gone on to win the Sela Award for Contemporary Romance. Her upcoming novel, Wooing Katie McCaffrey, releases summer 2019 from Ravel. Welcome, Bethany. Hi, thank you. So glad to be here. Oh, man. I'm thrilled you are here. I think this is going to be a really <laughs> great conversation. Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit about um, your first novel, how how that came to be, how the idea came to you, um, and how that came to the world, publishing or otherwise? Sure. Um, basically, I, I was in um, a upper management job in banking for 13 years um, never thought of doing anything else. Well, that's not true, but realistically <laughs> didn't think of doing anything else. And, um, suddenly, and I, I, I mean that suddenly it was like, God just said, okay, I have a different plan. Hold on tight. And, <laughs> um, so in the course of that, um, he ended up, you know, it was like, walk away from this job. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And, and so I did. And, um, I left that job, which was like the scariest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And, um, within a few weeks I had written this book and yeah, it was crazy. And really the idea just started as I was having a chat with a friend. I don't even remember how the conversation started, but it was around the time when, um, well, Fifty Shades of Grey was taking over the world and okay. everyone was kind of having the debate, um, you know, in the public of, of whether or not they were reading it and it was bringing into the mainstream and all these different things. And I just remember having this conversation with my friend and I was like, can you just imagine if like E.L. James, the author of those books, like if right now she just said she found Jesus and, um, and Hey, what would happen? I mean, that was literally the start of it. It was just, I don't even remember why we were talking about that. And, um, but then it was like, that would be really interesting. That would be an interesting story to tell of, um, if, uh, yeah, if that actually kind of happened to a character and they were so well known for something and then they turned their life into something, which was, so far away from that something they were known for. And um, so, yeah, so I started writing that story and um, it actually ended up um, finding publication relatively quickly. I I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I, I wish I could take credit for any of that, but it's honestly like, I don't know how I got there. It just happened. And I think it was right idea, right time. And God had a plan. I mean, that's honestly all I know to say about it, but, um, I stumbled into, um, publishing with Ravel. I didn't have an agent. I was not well known. You know, I I wasn't known, not even well known. It's like no one had heard of me outside of my family. You know, that's where I was. And, um, but, um, my now 
editor, um, she stumbled across it, got drawn in. And I guess, you know, in a way, the rest is history. And um, so, yeah, so then it became the story of not only this woman finding her path, but it was like, let's just make it as complicated as possible. Because I started, (laughs) I was like, what would happen not only as she becomes known as something else in the world, but it's like, how would a woman in that situation, what would her love life, her love life be like? It it was like, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. when she, everything she's known for is, I mean, it's all wrapped up in sex. Honestly, that's what she was known for. And so it's like men, good or bad, different or indifferent, there's going to be some opinion about this woman already established. And so I just really wanted to explore that. And so it was like, well, what would be the trickiest relationship? Hey, let's get her with a pastor. So, um, <laughs> so that's, that's what it was. And yeah, here we are. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's fantastic. No. And the book is so funny. I, I believe I've told you this before, but I, I, I mean, I said this in the intro, I was laughing out loud, like very verbally laughing out loud while reading this, um, which I've done before with Christian fiction, but not at the places I'm supposed to, I'm pretty sure. Oh. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and with your book, I was I was right there along with you. It was so much fun, if not a little mortifying, especially, you know, getting stares from the passengers around me. But, well, I love that. Love hearing yes, that. It was great. Like, I mean, just just the hijinks and everything that happened was a lot of fun. But I want to back up for a second because you said sure. something that I'm just a little dumbfounded by. You wrote this in weeks. Yeah, like, I wrote. I wrote it in six weeks. Oh man, that's incredible. Was this yeah. a NaNoWriMo thing or just out of like it nope. just once it started, it just was coming. Exactly. It was like the the story pretty much came, I mean, so much fully formed in a lot of ways. Like from page one, I knew who Sarah Hollenbeck was. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was mind blowing to me. It was just, you know, and writing in the first person style that I wrote in, I was just in Sarah's head and I was not having to think about it. I was, I knew how to tell her story because I knew her. And mm-hmm. um, so that was the main thing. But also, I had left my job and, um, you know, I suddenly, I had this freedom, uh, that I had never felt in my entire life. Um, I, now I need to be clear. It's like financially we were in a really tough situation. I mean, there's no other way to say it. It's like we had walked away by, I had walked away from, about 60% of my family's income by leaving this job, not to mention, you know, the um, insurance and benefits and everything for not just me, but for my children. And, um, and yet, and yet I, that summer, because I, I was pretty much home, not working through the summer with my kids. I had never spent a summer with my kids. I had never, I had never um, spent substantial time with my kids, if I'm being honest, you know, apart from a week of vacation here and there. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was, it was such a gift. And, um, you know, it's like I was spending more time than ever with the kids, but I still had more time than ever to um, sit and just get lost in this story. And that's what happened. And so yeah, it was, I had never written anything that fast. I have not written anything that quickly since. Um, but for that story, it was just, it was there. It just poured out. It really did. No, that's awesome. 
Um, something that I want to talk about is that, I mean, as you've touched on, the story deals with an E.L. James-esque past for Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously there is there is some sex involved before she becomes a Christian. But then also you right. deal a lot with the with the tension of being a Christian and what that means for someone who is dating and in love. Um, the fact that desire is still there, even if you're committed not to sleep with each other before marriage, like that desire mm-hmm. is still there. Um, and yeah. So some of our listeners don't read Christian fiction, and that is totally fine. Um, and we cover all genres um, on this show, but um, there is definitely some pushback for characters feeling sexual desire within the Christian genre. <laughs> so indeed, so you're really pushing boundaries here in a genre mm-hmm. where boundary pushing is not necessarily welcome. But Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely readers who are hungry for this kind of thing. Um, Would you mind speaking into that tension a little bit? Sure. Um, You know, the first thing I have to say there is that when I was writing this story, I had no idea that I was pushing boundaries because I had not read Christian fiction. Mm. Um, (laughs) And um, I've been a Christ follower since I was eight years old. I grew up in a um, family where, you know, my dad was um, um, on staff, minister, I am now on staff of a church. Um, It's like church and faith. It's been integrated, woven through my life, my entire life. But I didn't know um, what was out there, Christian Mm fiction-wise. And so it just wasn't anything I'd ever really explored. So, yes, I have since found out um, (laughs) from some people telling me very loudly, I have found out that... That um, that I have, um, yeah, kind of pushed through some boundaries a bit, but I didn't know that. And yeah. it was just important to me to write a story that felt real. And this isn't, you know, I am, I do live my life in a Christian culture. And yet it's like, like we're always saying at our church, um, you know, if you look at the example of Jesus, if you if you only know Christ followers, you're not getting out enough. You need to be reaching out into the world because you can't, you know, you can't introduce someone to Jesus if they already know him. So, so it's like, you know, I have people in my life who aren't Christ followers and who don't have that faith. And um, so it's like, I see this reality, but then I also being in ministry uh, and the job that I have, you know, every single day I see, people who have given their life to Christ who are struggling and um, not to mention just what I struggle with in my own life and what we all do. So um, yeah, it, it's really been interesting um, because it was just so important to me, even though I didn't know that people didn't do this all the time in Christian fiction, it was so important to me that, <laughs> that Sarah's struggles were real. And it's like, she, she gives her life over to Christ, but where in the world does anyone get the impression that from that moment on, everything's easy? It's not. Um, It's, you know, it's like in a lot of ways, that's just the beginning of the challenges and the struggles because um, of this new way of life. And so, you know, Sarah not being, I mean, she's in her mid thirties, she's divorced. Um, She's, she's not this young, innocent, naive thing. And so it's like, if she, 
had been in a relationship with a man that she was falling in love with and who she found attractive, if she had been in that relationship with him two days before her salvation, she would have been sleeping Mm -hmm. with him. It wouldn't have (laughs) occurred to her not to. Um, So when we suddenly, it's like, okay, she has given her life over to Christ. She does want to do what she believes is honoring to God. But um, that doesn't mean that instantly that desire is gone. And um, so, yeah, so it's, you know, it's like pushing, pushing boundaries, whatever. Um, It was, it's just, it's like, it's real. And I think that, you know, there are people who it's not their reality. And I get that. But for every person who has said to me, or not directly to me, usually, but through a review or through a blog or whatever, has said something to the effect of, um, this is not the way a Christ follower would or should act. I've had two women on the other side who have said, wow, were you reading my diary? And, um, you know, and it's like, they can relate and people who have said, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I get this character because I struggle with those same temptations. And of course it's done in an absurd romantic comedy way. It's not meant to be, um, the story is not realistic, but the challenges are realistic. That's, that's what I was going for. And so, um, so yeah, I guess I ruffled some feathers and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm really okay with that too. Um, I'm not, you're, I'm not a reader of Christian fiction. Usually it's usually for work that I am encountering mm-hmm. this stuff. And so to come across your book was just this pleasant, refreshing little mm-hmm. piece of wonderfulness, um, just to read <laughs> something intensely relatable. Um, just her voice is so strong and was just, she's a riot and a lot of fun. She's, she's the girl that I wish I was like, it, when I go to conferences, I wish I had like a Sarah Hollenbeck sitting in the back making snarky comments with me. Um, yes. and yes. I just, I so appreciated, um, just the, the relatability that you brought to that character. Um, Thank you. Yeah. But as we're going to see, not everyone <laughs> does, which is no. the point of the show, unfortunately, <laughs> but also for our sake, fortunately. And this is not oh. a new concept for you. Um, <laughs> as I've seen from your social media, you you also enjoy a good bad book review, I have noticed. Oh, I do. I do so much. I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just like when I first started getting at the bad reviews coming in, um, And I mean, and let's face it, I have very few middle of the road reviews. This is, (laughs) this is for the most part, a love it or hate it book. And I, as I've discovered, and um, so when the hate it's started coming in very passionately, um, at first, I'll admit it was like soul crushing. I I was just, you know, just at first, because it was, it was like, no, this is the story I was supposed to tell. Why don't they understand that? And then it didn't take very long. I mean, I'm not talking more than days that I felt that way. And then it was like, oh, this is so good. This is so good because um, I stepped on toes and they were toes that you know, it's like, I knew I was going to, I knew it was going to happen, even though I didn't know I was ruffling feathers or that I was pushing boundaries. You bet. I knew it was a little risque, you know, it's like, I, I, I am in a church culture. I am aware of that. And so, um, so it was like, well, this is exactly what I wanted. I wanted, 
you know, without knowing it's what I wanted. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to start conversations. And so, yeah, so then I just um, was like, well, if, if that's going to be the case, let's just tackle it head on. Let's have fun with it. And so then, yeah, I just started creating these um, memes and such that um, I was like, we make all these pretty graphics for all these wonderful words that people say about our themes that we write. And it was like, I want to make the prettiest graphics I possibly can for all these words from the people who think I'm the devil. So, <laughs> so that became my goal and I had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it so much. And as soon as I started seeing those, I was like, oh, she needs to be a guest. So here you are. And I'm so glad yeah. you're here. Me too. Are you ready to dig into your first, well, not your first review, but let's do the it. first bad book review we've chosen. Okay. Yes. Here we go. All right. This one does not have the, they use the title of the book for the title of the review. I do love when they get really creative. Oh, with me too. The titles. Yeah. I love it. So, <laughs> this is a one star review and I, I will try to read it with the intonation. I think this was, this is fabulous. Okay. okay. Bring it on. Okay. Okay. This was not good. I was really looking forward to a Christian novel that focuses on real topics, but Francine Rivers, who is the only author I have found that does this correctly, is too long and sometimes dark. So I also wanted something lighthearted. This sucked. I don't know how it had such a high rating. The romance was extremely fast. The Christian aspect wasn't really explained, and neither was the struggles except for, I know that's not how a Christian would act, but I prayed about it and made my peace with it, instead of the struggle of how a Christian should act and why. Also, did not agree with their interpretation of God's plan for us. Parentheses, his plan is salvation, not soulmates, nothing like that. <laughs> Goodbye. Close parentheses. The insta-love was gag-worthy, and the romance itself was not a joy to read. They literally got married within months because they couldn't keep their hormones in check. I have a couple Bible verses to refute Ben on how he thought that was okay, and as a pastor, that is a bad example. I did not enjoy this read, and it made me angry. <laughs> I love it so much. I just love it so much. <laughs> My favorite, probably my favorite part of the whole thing is that this isn't just a bad review of you. Like Francine Rivers and you are rowing in the same boat. I'm like, I'm sorry. Was that supposed to put me down? <laughs> I'm like, awesome. Yay. Me and Francine. Yeah. I, I just. Yes. Uh, yes. I mean. I love it so much. <laughs> I mean, if any, if you want to be equated to anyone in Christian romance, like it's Francine Rivers. So, so, like, so points. Thank you. Points thank you. I'm going to start putting that in my bio. Like, <laughs> oh, I think you should. Equated with the work of Francine Rivers. Except lighthearted. Except lighthearted and partially sucky. <laughs> yeah, I love this sucked. That was, I wish they had made that the title of this review. I wish it had just straight out said this sucked because I'm like, well, yes. thank you. Yes, I appreciate that. Yeah, I love it. So I, what, what makes me think this is a bad book, book review, what's not helpful for me with this as a reader, um, although it is my favorite thing in a bad book mm. review, is the hyperbole, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, where I just, I don't, I feel like if I hadn't read the book, I would be very confused mm -hmm. about what's happening in this review. Having read the book, <laughs> this is gold, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, um, I just, I'm like, I made, it made you angry, 
really? I'm like, there with everything that's happening yes. in the world, and I'm not talking politics. I'm just like, wherever you stand in the world, there are things to make us righteously angry. And yet, no, this made you angry. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Oh, and I also I have to say, I love that as a pastor, that is a bad example about Ben, because that was another thing. It's like, first of all, yes, he's a pastor. He's a man. And I, I don't. Pastors. Exactly. Pastors are humans. And I actually had one review that they said something about how a man with a master's degree would never behave that way. <laughs> I was like, you're <laughs> kidding me, right? Do we know how many um, horrible, horrible men in the world have a master's degree? What are you even talking about? So, so yeah, it's like, yeah, he's a man, people. <laughs> okay. Review number two yeah. does have a title. Um, this is a two-star review entitled mm-hmm. The Secret Confessions of a Disappointed mm-hmm. Reader. That's good. I really, I, I love how they played off the title. I thought that was yeah. really, really great. Okay. Settle in. This one's a little long, <laughs> but, but it's also really great. So, okay, here we go. By chapter six, I was done. Seriously. I do not like the character. I did not like the plot. I did not like any of it. I couldn't see where it was going, but I kept reading because I really wanted to love this book. Here's what I discovered. Minor spoilers. This really is kind of a modern telling of Sense and Sensibility. Saren Hollenbeck is Marianne Dashwood. Her practical friend who says it like it is, my favorite character, is Eleanor. Sarah's ex-husband would be Willoughby, and Ben, the hunky pastor who has the same insta-love for her that she has for him, is Colonel Brandon. (laughs) Except in this book, I don't get what Colonel Ben sees in Sarah Marianne. This book, written in the first person, has a very authentic voice that helps you get to know the character well and quickly. And Ms. Turner does not shy away from the grittier areas of living in this fallen world through that character. I just don't like Sarah Hollenbeck. Trust me, I want to. I feel like there's an interesting person behind that insecurity. For the record, I like flawed, unlikable characters. I really do. Usually, I just... I just don't like this one. And it's not because she wrote erotica novels before she became a Christian at the end of chapter five-ish. Don't have the book with me. (laughs) Speaking of erotica-ish, the second half of the book is dripping with sex. Not played out on the page, but it's still there. Even one of Sarah's, every one of Sarah's thoughts, every single one. I'm sure of it. Look, Miss Turner made an important point. Christian men and women are not immune to attraction and desire simply because the Holy Spirit dwells within them. Sometimes Christian fiction acts like marriage turns on a switch that is otherwise completely shut off. I've been guilty of that, okay? Choosing to address this was brilliant, important. But honestly, when she did address the lust <laughs> and a Christian's responsibility to avoid that little thing, because there was a whole lot of lusting going on. Somewhere around the three-quarter mark, I thought I might like it better. I didn't. Instead, I ended the book feeling like a deflated balloon and walked away one disappointed reader. What secret life of Sarah Hollenbeck has going for it, colon. Great writing. Seriously, the author had a brilliant, authentic voice that gets you in the head of the character right away. Miss Turner addresses real problems, not only in the church today, but in Christian fiction. She makes her characters be sexual creatures, as we are cre- created to be. Three exclamation points. 
And she does have some good humor in it. I laughed out loud in a few places. Honestly, the funny bits, if I could have liked the other parts a bit more, might have made me bump my star rating up. Unfortunately, two stars was the best I could do, and I feel guilty about that. <laughs> Did you know you were writing a retelling? I had no idea. What? So now let's see. I am compared to Francine Rivers and Jane Austen. I'm like, yes. who knew? You are in the worst company. <laughs> I'm like, these people stop being so mean to me. I can't take it. Next, you're going to tell me I'm Shakespeare. Leave me alone. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I had no idea I was telling a retelling. But actually, when I read that, I was kind of like, oh, I can see that. But then I also started thinking, well, really, don't all romance writers write some version of same, some Austin story in everything we do? So I'm like, eh, it is what it is. But... <laughs> Well, and I feel like there's, I feel like there are some archetypes in that like romantic mm-hmm. comedy genre that, I mean, there's, there's usually, you know, the main character and the irresponsible guy and the mm-hmm. actual guy and the wise friend, like yeah. it's not, but I mean, I see, I, I can see that. I, I thought, I thought it was yeah. an interesting connection, but also like, I never, I never would have no, made the same connection. No, me neither. But yeah, you know. But I, I felt like um, my favorite part of that review is um, that just she's convinced that sex is in every single one of Sarah's thoughts. I'm like, yes, I, I <laughs> so did I'm like, like that. wow, you, I, <laughs> it's dripping with it. That is such a um, the second half of this book is dripping with sex. I'm like, like wow, keep saying stuff like that. I'm going to reach a whole new audience. <laughs> that, <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, wow, Christian fiction is dripping with sex. I had no idea. Um, Just like anybody to know who doesn't read Christian fiction, there's usually no sex. There's no, no sex. The men are just really good listeners. <laughs> and <laughs> I just, I would just hate for this poor reader to come across something from Harlequin. I and know. <laughs> it's like, oh my just gosh. Want just keep her reading Sense and Sensibility. <laughs> I know. It's like, just pretend mine is the as bad as it gets. It's fine. Um, yeah, it was, this is a good one. This is a good one. And um, what I love, too, is honestly, she says more good things than bad. <laughs> she does. She does. And that's why I feel like this is only like half a bad book review. Because uh-huh. it's really like, I, I think like when she talks about the merits, like she's talking about them in a way that as a reader, I, I, I feel like I'd read this review and be like, oh, okay, well, those things don't really bother me. So, and I like the good things she's saying. Exactly. So I don't think it's unhelpful. No, I don't either. Um, and, you know, it's it's actually, yeah, there there's... Yeah, it's interesting. Um, but <laughs> but I also, I don't know. I'm reading through it right now, actually, because I'm like, there's just so much. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. And um, I I wish she didn't take it so personally. She doesn't need to feel guilty. I know. She doesn't. It's no, like- <laughs> I hope she, if, reader, if you're listening, I... I hope you feel absolved. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably not the one to absolve you, Bethany. That's probably your <laughs> okay, job. Okay, you're but... absolved. I absolve you. <laughs> it's like, no need to feel guilty. I, It's fine. And But it's like, I think what I really, more than anything, the only thing that kind of gets me a little fired up is I feel like there's an interesting person behind that insecurity. If you thought there was mm. anything interesting about Sarah Hollenbeck, it's because of her insecurity. Yeah. And it's like, to me, that's a, it's like, okay, um, 
you are not realizing that what you liked was what you didn't like and vice versa, because um, it's like, she's one thing that kept coming up in, um, in edits was people kept saying, yeah, I'm just not sure Sarah's real likable in the beginning. And I think that, you know, people would say that to me kind of um, hesitantly, like they didn't want to hurt my feelings because I hadn't written a a likable character, but it was quite the opposite. It was kind of like, Oh good. That was the point. No, she's not likable in the beginning. I mean, you may like her personality, but it's like, she's not, I mean, she's very selfish in the beginning. She's very insecure. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, she is a victim of her life. And um, so it's like, um, the person behind that insecurity is Sarah Hollenbeck. I don't know what else to tell you. So that struck out to me as interesting, but whatever. (laughs) I mean, you know, this, this reader liked unlikable characters. Yes. Just not this one. So, you know, okay. So you, you know, the second part of our game. Um, I love when authors can share how a critical review has helped grow them or stretch them. So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering about that review for you. I've got it. So I will read this one to you. Okay. It's a one star. Um, Yeah. Okay. It is very rare that I, okay, sorry. I forgot. I need to go into this with their voice. Like you, you you did such a great job of that. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) it is very rare that I do not finish a work of Christian fiction once I start reading it. Unfortunately, though, every once in a while, there will come a novel that just steps too far outside the boundaries of what I believe should be included in the genre. The Secret Life of Sarah Hollenbeck, written by Bethany Turner and published by Rebel in 2017, not only crossed the boundaries, it leaped over them and ran quite a distance on the other side. I will not be going into detail about the specifics of my issues with The Secret Life of Sarah Hollenbeck, but please believe me when I say that the thoughts, words, and actions of the characters did not align in any way with the Philippians 4.8 direction of what to think about. Things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Instead, the unmarried hero and heroine of the story repeatedly discussed and thought about things better left to married couples, and which certainly should not be included in a Christian novel. The problems did not end with what was included, however, the true meaning of love, the God-breathed, self-sacrificing 1 Corinthians version that includes more than attraction and feelings was noticeably excluded. In the end, I was very disappointed with The Secret Life of Sarah Hollenbeck and am saddened that Ravel published this title. I did not reach the end of the novel, but I skimmed a lot of it. (laughs) Sorry, I can't even, that just cracks me (laughs) up. But I skimmed a lot of it and it did not improve with time. Instead, it only got worse farther in. For Christian readers who enjoy their novels to remain inspirational, chaste, and founded in the biblical version of love, I definitely recommend avoiding this one. Okay, so obviously it's like, what could I possibly get out of that? Here's what I got out of that. A lot of scripture. (laughs) A lot of scripture. I'm like, wow, I need to go back and read Philippians. It's like a Bible study. (laughs) It is. I'm like, it gave me the idea to start a Sarah Hollenbeck Bible study. No, just kidding. Um, (laughs) No, honestly, what got me um, and really inspired me, and this, I don't know if this is really the intent of the question that you're asking, but it's my interpretation of it. That's what I want. It inspired, okay, it inspired me to keep at it. Hmm. And to keep doing what I'm doing, because there's one line more than any other, and it's the 
um, the hero and the unmarried hero and heroine of the story repeatedly discussed things which should not be in a Christian novel. And that to me was like, okay, people, we got to fix that. Mm. And we've got to fix that now Mm -hmm. because when Ben and Sarah, I mean, you've read it, you know, when Ben and Sarah talk about sex, it's about how to avoid it. And they are honest with each other about their attraction to each other and their desire, but it is all as a matter of um, keeping it in check, being real and turning it over to God. They make rules for themselves so that they don't cross a line. And so the fact that there is a reader out there who I'm sure is representative of many other readers as well, who thinks couples shouldn't be talking about this to me, Couples not talking about it and all of us not talking about it is why they do it instead of Mm -hmm. talking about it. Mm -hmm. And so, and why, and I mean, I'm not even just talking about sex. I'm talking about um, gender relations. I'm talking about violence. I'm talking about harassment. I'm talking about anything. If we're not talking about it, that's when it starts happening. (laughs) And if the church, if the church in particular is not going to lead the way, then I think we're kind of sunk. Um, And so it got me up on my soapbox. This review did. This was really a turning point for me. Um, Mm. Honestly, this was the review that the bad review that turned it around for me. And it became kind of my mission in life to just keep talking about it because um, yeah, it's like, no, I'm sorry. These two Christ-honoring individuals um, addressing it honestly is the way it has to be done. And it, so, yeah, so, sorry. I'm, like, literally shaking as I talk about it. You don't even know how big my soapbox gets <laughs> no, on this I thing. No, I love it. I love, <laughs> I love where you're at. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, and and so so that was one thing, but also the thinking about it. It's like they thought about things better left to married couples. That to me, and my apologies to this this reader if they're listening. I do have respect for their opinions. I I do have respect for them as a person, but I just have to say that's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my life. And I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't because. I'm so sorry. Yeah, if you get nasty letters, blame me. No, not that. <laughs> no need to apologize. I'm here okay, for good. this. I am here okay, for good. this. Because it's like, um, you can go ahead. You can just say that they shouldn't be thinking it. You can pretend that they're not thinking it. And then we create a culture of people who create an image of their lives that isn't true. Because we are afraid to admit that we think about any of this stuff. And um, that to me is just a travesty. And so it's like if this reader chooses to believe that unmarried people shouldn't even be thinking of, because I want to make it very clear for people who haven't read the book, this is not, nowhere in there is Sarah thinking of what she wants to do to Ben. (laughs) It's not that. Her (laughs) thoughts are, wow, I am in love with this man. I look forward to being with him, but we're going to wait till we're married. What do I need to do, God, to keep this in check? Those are their thoughts. And so mm-hmm. so for it to be like, no, they shouldn't be thinking of that. It's like, okay, sure. Don't think about it. 
let's see where that gets you. So, um, yeah. Okay. Stepping off soapbox now, but that, that was a very inspiring (laughs) negative review for me. (laughs) No. And I, I love that that took you to that place. I mean, who, who would have thought that this plucky romantic comedy would, would drive you there? Like, I mean, it's, I, I love how, inspirational that was for you and taking it to such a depth not to say that the book doesn't have a depth to it but um that suddenly you realize this intention that was there all along is Mm -hmm. suddenly brought to the forefront and you're you know the fact that you you were reconciling that and that that is going to impact your work from here on out I think is great and I just I I personally like as as a single in the church, like I really appreciate um, the fact that you find that really important because um, I I feel like for I, I feel like we have this shame mm-hmm. culture going on with like, why, why would I acknowledge that I am a sexual being mm-hmm. as a single young woman? Like I shouldn't have to acknowledge that is kind of the the belief that gets propagated by your average Christian romance. Um, And there was just something so freeing to me in reading um, about Sarah Holland back that I, I felt like, Oh, there, there might be a place for me in this genre. Mm -hmm. Like I, I've never seen myself as a person honored in a genre in the Christian fiction genre. um, Like I have in, you know, what be that, you know, um, secular, romance or just contemporary fiction in general. Um, and so it was really, it was a breath of fresh air to see someone that I I could relate to, that I understood where she was coming from and really just kind of related on that deeper level um, because there was a willingness to be honest and there was, you know, there was a no holds bar yeah. kind of voice coming from Sarah. Uh-huh. Like if she was thinking it, she was saying it. And <laughs> and I loved that. Like, I'm like, this. there's so much in, in her inner monologue that I understand on way too deep a level. Um, and so to see what you put out there um, in those conversations between Sarah and Ben was really, it was encouraging and important. And well, I, you. I'm really, no, that was, I'll get off my one of the nicest now, things I've heard. So thank you. Thank you for saying that. Okay. So that is all I have for you. But thank you so much for chatting with me. Um, So, so fun. And yeah, thanks for giving me a a place to air my grievances against the world. (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure. My pleasure. I loved it. Thank you so much. Bad Book Reviews podcast is a production of Apricot Services. This episode has been made possible by sound engineer Peyton Burst, digital producer Peter Ford, and executive producer Alexis DeWeese.